Welcome to Ship SaaS Faster with Vulcan and myself, Simon, where we talk shop about SaaS. How are you doing this week? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Nice three-day weekend here over the UK. Yeah, I was just working through it, but uh, I don't know. I couldn't. I had childcare responsibilities considering every childcare facility had shut down. Yeah, it was a bit interesting. Like, yeah, just everywhere just shut down. Kind of short notice as well. People, <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter, were, uh, a lot of people in the UK were getting mad about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, people had plans, right? As you said, nursery, like you had plans, and it's very short notice kind of thing. Okay, well, everywhere shut now, so uh, good luck. And irritatingly, they're like, "We're closed. There's no substitute day, and you don't get a refund for the day." <laughs> okay, nice <laughs> full price for a day. I don't get nice. Well, to be honest, for my sister's company, which is kind of like it's based out of Spain, like they gave it a bank holiday and everything. Yeah, so they gave it the other way. So instead of like not helping you, they helped their kind of. Yeah, they gave it like. Yeah, the bank holiday. So that was pretty cool for her. <laughs> but well, I'm sure we'll get another bank holiday in like six months' time for the coronation. Is that how it works? I I feel like we should have a lot more bank holidays if every time one of these royals died. Uh... I mean, I've, the queen lived for a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't. So I think that's probably why we haven't had a a coronation bank holiday because she did reign for. Surely the bank holidays don't reset, right? Like. I don't know. It's probably off topic for everyone, but yeah, we've got to keep it. <laughs> There'll be another bank holiday, I presume, for the King's coronation. Okay. So. Get yeah. mentally prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what about you? What have you been doing on your SaaS end? Oh, I've just been stuck in marketing again. So um, I have seen all the updates. It's literally been like for the last probably six to eight weeks. It's all just been, okay, update my marketing site. And then, yeah. Yeah. So the Illustrator came back with some new graphics because... um. I wanted a clear way of showing people the way data flows. So instead of it being a, a document as such, we've got a diagram. And I now need to write the documentation for it as well. But So I messed around with that for ages. And they're SVGs. And I spent quite a while <laughs> learning how to make them dynamic. So it, for example, it shows you how your data flows from your MySQL database to your storage. And the MySQL like database logo I didn't want to have to go through to each of the individual solutions we had and uh, like manually craft them. So I spent quite a bit of time trying to get SVGs to like embed in SVGs. You should ask me, I think there might be a solution. It might have been a bit easier depending on how difficult it was, but there's something called Lottie, which a lot of designers are loving and a lot of web designers particularly are enjoying because it's like, I don't know, some some way there's, there's like a better designer and then it's all like animations work and it's all like JSON based and stuff. So you might just literally be able to replace JSON there kind of thing. But I wanted dynamic on the website, so not like have to open an editor and because uh, like I could have done that. It was to get it so um, the page that has MySQL generates the graphic with the MySQL logo within the. I think with the JSON, right? Like you can literally write like a replace, like load the JSON, replace the file, and then run the Lottie kind of thing. I'm not sure if that's exactly how it works, but I feel like that's how it that's how it was sold. Well, in the end, it turned out not to be too difficult. So was the animations all done by the third party? There's no animation. Oh, so. It's just a, it's just an SVG. Okay, okay. For some reason, I thought it was like, I've been looking at a bunch of these like, um, like really well designed websites, like hired a crazy marketing team, so they've got all like that stuff moving around and all of this. So, in my head, it, yeah. I might want to do an SVG to like demonstrate the data flowing, like as in show packets moving from one side to another. But that's got a bit too much. But I did also realize the time I spent to make it dynamic, I could have just gone through in Sketch and I could have, I could have manually done them all and then. Uh, yeah, and also had some spare for any time we had new backup solutions. But I guess when I had a new backup solution, I won't have to spend <laughs> any time in Sketch. You'll just do it automatically, which would be nice. But um, 
That took up so much time. Just, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Not just the image, but sorting out the site and the content. And I have no idea whether those graphics actually increase conversion rates or do anything, but maybe by a millionth of a percent. <laughs> I'm unsure. I just don't feel like anyone A-B tests them. I've always looked for data on this, but I've never been able to find it, like any data on yeah, like people like removing stuff or anything. It's, I guess it's like well hidden. Well hidden. They don't want to give away their secrets, but. I'd love to see like data on like how like, what sort of graphics uh, like do stuff can you remove stuff like what sort of headers work but yeah just I just haven't seen any data on it. I'm interested to see how Google crawls it as well because it is like dynamically generated a big block of content that's unique per page. So anyway, so that was that. I added some new backup types to our system and fixed the GitHub one that we had because <laughs> some reason people want to back up personal repos. I run everything under an organization, so I can understand why people want to do that. But eventually, <laughs> after dealing with rate limiting and everything, uh, got it sorted. What about yourself? Yeah, so I think I mentioned last week that I was going to do a customer interview with uh, yeah, some like competitor people who use competitor products. He was kind of dissatisfied with the Webflow. <laughs> it's mostly I talk about Webflow when I'm talking about the competitor because I don't know, the space has kind of moved now. It's literally, it's either custom code, Webflow, and that's about it, really. Like WordPress used to be a lot bigger, but yeah, that kind of like died down now. And then there's a lot of other smaller players as well. Like, yeah, well, custom code, right? It's headless CMS plus whatever static site generator you want. But yeah, so that went quite well. Like, I think we played around for 30 minutes and then there weren't, like, there weren't no aha moment. And then I showed him some stuff with the class system and then the aha moment went like, oh, oh, now I understand. <laughs> but it's really difficult to explain that quickly. So I literally had to show him everything. And then by showing him that this, this little feature on top of that, so now I've got to somehow distill that down into, um, yeah. Because in Webflow, like the way they do it, you can't use utility classes, which are the, pretty much the hype now, right? So everything in Tailwind and even Bootstrap 4 had utility classes and everyone just seems to love them. And you just can't do them in Webflow. And then once he saw the power of them and then saw combining them as well, he was like, yeah, wow. But now I've just got to spend some time figuring out how to explain that. And a lot of my customers, my current customers don't even care about that. But <laughs> my new customers I want to attract do care about that. So it's like, do I just abandon the old ones? Or, and then how do I word that? A lot of copy and position and stuff I've got to figure out. Yeah, I never know with that, like as things evolve and you've got people who come for one thing, but you don't want them anymore. Like you do want them. Yeah, I want them as customers, but it's like, I want the other person a little more today. <laughs> so, Well, yeah. <laughs> so one thing yeah. A-B testing wise I did see was, um, so back in the day, I had a like SaaS website builder kind of copy, and then I changed that to more generic copy, and my conversions didn't drop at all. So it was like me being niche down, like they tell you all the time, like niche copy works much better, but I saw zero results on that. It was the Bootstrap Web podcast. I can't remember the entire point, but Brian was talking about how on Zip Message he'd had a whole bunch of landing pages, and he'd like removed a whole bunch that didn't work, and had replaced them with a whole bunch of different ones. Mm -hmm. And I wonder where they're like, that's kind of the thing with trying to niche down the marketing site is to try and iterate through actually different different segments until you find one that works. So I think for him, coaching was the one that actually worked out best and was the one to actually go after. So that was his user interviews, right? So he's done a bunch of user interviews and he's that's his learning, right? So now it's like now he's making all the updates from what from from the last podcast I listened to. Yeah, so he's made all them updates and now it's like okay. Other conversion is going to be there. Can I get, reach that audience kind of thing? But that, that's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. So it's going to be super interesting to see if he has a bump in conversions. I'll probably ask him as well because they normally do like QA. They normally ask for questions. So I'll say, have you seen an increase yeah. in conversions? Because that'd be super interesting. Because yeah, maybe SaaS just wasn't the one. Maybe if I if I target like freelance web designers, like the website builder for freelance web designers, it might do better. Um, but then I don't want to like ignore 
the, their clients kind of thing. I don't want to be like, yeah, we're a website builder for freelancers and then the SaaS company comes in like, okay, this one's not for me. Because that's currently most of my customers are like backend developers or marketers who want to build a website. And I don't, I don't want to say, okay, well, we're not for you anymore. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's not like you're not for them. It's just that you're not, you know, you're not, you're not deliberately trying to get new customers in that area. Yeah, well, I do want them customers, but I want to, I want them to be onboarded through their like a freelancer, right? Or I want them to come on, see like a template, and then, well, I still want them to onboard. So it's, it's like I still want early stage, but then I want more advanced companies who are willing to pay more, less churn, kind of thing as well. And it's not really moving up market as such. Like I'm not going after like thirty thousand dollars a year kind of people. I'm still looking for like. 600 a year but it is a step change from say 19 to 49 it seems ah cool i am going after the <laughs> the the bigger ticket prices yeah. you're going after all the uk uh, government <laughs> contracts so you're going after the big big tickets i have to wait until november for that it's a bit of pain in the ass really but hey so you can't do any any bidding until then no mm. uh no uh. Can't accept a bid before then, anyway. So if you knew someone, I could do some bidding, but I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't accept a contract. So um, yeah, I'm not sure until then. Like in my mind, I don't want to list it on the website either because I have like no way to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where when it comes to November, I'll be listed in a government directory. Unfortunately, they don't provide a backlink. That's why you did it. You just wanted that backlink. You wanted that SEO benefit. Yeah, I know the effort I go through to get a link. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, well, I think yeah, like next month for all that, I've got to do my um, I've got to do all like revalidate all my ISO certificates and stuff. Which again, maybe I should have put that on the next week plan. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a big job? These the ISO ISO things. Oh, I don't think it's going to be too bad because I've already done it. I just got to make sure that I have kept everything up to date, really, um, which I have done. But there's a whole bunch of like, got to make sure that like our vendors and stuff are up to date and. Make sure I haven't added any new vendors without realizing <laughs> stuff and put it down in the in the security risk and stuff. So I don't think it'd be too bad. It might be more complicated next year when I get a physical office because that then kind of changes the scope <laughs> of the of the uh, of the good, But we'll see. Yeah, what else have you been on? Uh, so I think I mentioned this before, but yeah, I got a template builder on. So he's building some stuff, but he the template the current like so we have a code editor. One of the like, Power features is that there's a code editor built in, so you don't actually have to learn the platform. So if you're back in developing those HTML, you can come in and just copy paste stuff and it will just work kind of thing or edit stuff. But he was like a bit annoyed, like now VS Code's out there and people are used to like this world-class like editing experience kind of thing. And VS Code actually have a way to embed it into your browsers and into SaaS applications as well. Which I, And I saw Jesse from, I think it's called Bento Now, basically like an email platform, built it real quick into his platform. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't think it's as hard as I thought it was. So I just slapped into the platform. And then, yeah, it's working nicely. Uh, the template builder loves it and he's hoping to build some more templates now. So I kind of got him hyped as well. He's realized like, hey, like this guy's listening to me. So yeah. So is VS Code like just like a HTML and JavaScript kind of? I think it's just a ton of JavaScript, right? So uh, yeah, I'm speculating, but I think it's just I think it's just a ton of JavaScript. And I think it's built on, I know VS Code, I think VS Code is an Electron app. And then VS Code is built on like Monaco or Monaco <laughs> or somehow, some, some way. There's a thing called Monaco which I'm using. And then like, yeah, I think there's a bunch of plugins and but it's just crazy. Like both of these work and then I can install like uh, plugins into the VS code or Monaco. So I, there's things like prettier, which make all your code look pretty. And there's a bunch of other plugins for like Tailwind. So it should make the code experience much, much better. So it, it will literally be like, imagine you got given a workspace and then the workspace pre- came pre-installed with everything you wanted. And now you've just got it all there. And now you don't even have to worry about anything. So 
it's a completely game changer. Like if you'd learn it to code back in the day, like I think I was, we were using like a notepad or something. And then I was like typing random HTML and my website looked ugly. And now the coders these days can literally like go into some a tool like Visoli, type it all up and it looks beautiful and they don't have to like NPN install anything when they're first getting started. The learning curve's massively lowered. And this is all possible due to the, this VS code thing, which a lot of like, like re repairway, I think are maybe using it. And then there's some other ones that are all using it. And it's like spun up like a whole new class of SaaS companies as well. I think Gitpod as well. So like, I'm going off on a tangent, but it's just, yeah, I think a lot of listeners like like the ideas uh, section as well and always looking for new SaaS ideas. So Gitpod is a way to like host Docker containers in the cloud and then like edit them from your browser instead of having to install everything locally. And I think they use this VS Code Monaco thing. There's a ton of new companies that are now possible because of the way you can do like remote syncing from VS Code on remote server <laughs> to your like browser. So that's cool. I just had a look at Gitpod. I had this idea the other day. I just, <laughs> I had to forget about that. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you said they're holding me accountable for no more ideas. So I really like the idea. And I'm thinking about buying a new laptop or buying Gitpod. So I need to decide between the two. Because apparently 16 gigabytes is not enough to uh, do modern development these days. Do you get a whole desktop with Gitpod? Or is it just like a container that runs code? I think, yeah, there, there are some other ones which are giving you like whole uh, like desktop stuff, servers kind of thing. Ah, uh, yeah. that was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, obviously already done, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, as you say, don't let me program any new ideas. <laughs> if it's not a backup solution, then it can't be added into Snapsheet or it's not a thing. I might have to add VS Code into Snapsheet for. But you could you could add it for like logs or something, right? Like I don't know if you if you're showing logs and there's a like VS Code makes it look pretty and searchable and stuff. I could see that working. I don't know how they work with like say ten thousand like lines of. I think it'd be alright. So if you ever want to spice up your uh, log uh, logging thing. Yeah. No. Not really. I was <laughs> trying to cut it down. Really. <laughs> That's been the focus the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think we saved. Um, 30-odd percent on our AWS ingesting costs by the improvements we've made. So what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> All my stuff is like secret project. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I was going to ask like, yeah, what it's all just yeah secret 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 number two secret number three well we'll have to wait for those we'll have to yeah, wait for those ones. Yeah, but I talked with a uh, growth hacker. It was more like a customer interview for um Vasoli, but it turned into more like just more marketing and what he's been doing and. Yeah, like that sort of thing. And like SEO as well came in and he was showing me how he thinks about SEO. And it's super interesting because the way he does it is different than what I've seen most people, especially like programmatic SEO. Like he was investing a bit more time into it. So he had all this stuff like, like go in, rate this stuff. And then there was like star, like adding stars and stuff like, okay, this is a four star project. Here's some bullet points kind of thing. Instead of just having like a little bit of copy and then onto the next one, you actually dig a little deeper. And then that way Google will rank you higher and you actually get more benefit from um creating all of this content. So that was super interesting. I mean, I got no idea what you just said. <laughs> what, what do you mean? They added stars and what? what? Let's say you've got a bunch of tools, right? So you've got a bunch of website builders. Uh, you've got 20 of them. So normally what would happen is people would say, just list the 20. And then they'd say, this was this project, blah, blah. And then they'd give you like a little excerpt. But then he was showing me that if you can go more in depth, so if you can then click inside the website builder, and now it's got like, when was it founded? Oh, you're talking about like rich, rich feature snippets and stuff. Exactly, yeah. So then, then you're going like fully in-depth kind of thing. And then Google should, in theory, rank you higher, right? And it's still basically the same thing. It's just that a little... So doing the original work, say, takes 20 minutes, but doing this extra bit of work may take an extra 10 or 20 minutes. So by doubling your effort, 
you're now 10x in your results. And that, that's something I'm always interested in. Yeah. We started doing really feature rich feature snippets for like FAQs and stuff. And he was adding FAQs at the bottom as well, at the bottom of these uh, art, like random articles. Like, as you said, these rich feature snippets, he'd add them at the bottom. So and it's like just a quick question, like, yeah, quick four questions. And it was like, okay, <laughs> this is actually really cool. Like, My problem is um, one of my competitors, they like, see, there's a star rating facility for like rating pages. So then when people like look at reviews, like when you search for like a product, you show you the star rating on them. Or, or like user rating. But they put it on every single one of their pages. So in Google, every time you search them, it would just say like 4.8 out of 5 stars. And it'd be on every single one of their listings. And it took Google like six months to remove it. <laughs> just, it just didn't make any sense. It was like there was no reviews on the page or anything. They just put like, <laughs> they just put the snippet on every single page. I want to do that. <laughs> 5 out of 5. 5 out of 5. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I think I've got a Stripe thing as well I think I talked about in the past like I built a solution for uh, freelancers mainly so at the moment you can sign up for an account and you can sign up for like multiple sites and now like one of this customer wanted to upgrade like he's got a new free uh, like a new team member he wanted to pay from his account for this team member and I thought like I use Wise so I think they make it super easy to create like a credit card for like a, a new person so I thought like people would just do that but he just he wants it all through his main credit card so then it's like, okay, now I need to build this out. And <laughs> so I kind of hacked a solution together for now, but it's like, oh man, now I need to figure out how do I assign this? Uh, yeah, how do I assign an account to? Like, I got a really funny story about Wise credit cards. So um, I set up a Wise credit card for last year. I had a content writer agency do some work for me. And during the onboarding, they wanted some test accounts, like an Amazon account for um, writing content about. And I couldn't really bother. So I just gave them a wise credit card with a spend limit. And then after a month, the agency, it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're terrible. They were terrible. It's fucking shit. And um, might need to edit that out. <laughs> it was terrible. And I said, you know, and I froze the credit card. And then. Just the other day, I got a notification from Wise that my froze credit card that I'd provided them had just been attempted to be used. Did it say what it was being attempted to be used for? It was a really small amount of money, but it was still like, what is this? <laughs> I wonder if they stored it insecurely or something. Like, I was reading some stuff about it. all these scammers. Like, they're literally, some guy left his Stripe API credentials out, and like, somehow it got out in the public. And then, like, one of these spammers or scammers went through and just sent like thousands of requests into this uh this stripe api and getting around all the limits so he had a bunch of issues with that so maybe it was for that kind of thing so uh, yeah if it was a small thing it doesn't sound like that the, the agency was trying to scam you but it sounds like they've, they've somehow like insecurely secured you <laughs> yeah it's that, it was more like if anything like a pre-auth request kind of thing for something so i don't know what they were like trying to or trying to order something big and they, they couldn't get through it like yeah who knows but um yeah, I just like shaking my head. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so glad I got rid of you. Uh, yeah. You blocked it straight away on was. Yeah, I didn't delete their card because I was kind of curious. <laughs> right. <laughs> my, my suspicions were right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Well, that was any, that was funny anyway. So, what are your plans for next week then? Well, I, as I said in my updates, which I, I didn't read out, but um, got quite a lot of secret projects going on. I've got one for Jorge. He's working on a secret project that's. He's working on two secret projects, but um, 
The first one requires a Go developer that we're hiring, a contractor that we should be hiring this month. He's, I'm just waiting for him to build everything. So to try and minimize the amount of time we have to hire the really expensive Go developer, I'm trying to make sure he's lined everything up first. So that'd be good. And then I'm working on secret project number two at the moment, which I built a prototype for last week. Works great. Can't tell you much more. <laughs> this could be a very boring podcast, <laughs> isn't it? And then um, I started planning out his work for um, project number, secret project number three, which isn't that secret. It's just an iteration improvement on our restoring system. So actually, I can just tell you. I can't tell you all the things the restoring system will now do, but uh, that's what he's working on. So, so what's the reason for the Go developer? Are you allowed to... Uh... Say anything about that? Like, is it- no, no. We require we require some software that needs to be written in Go or it compiled down to something more. Okay, yeah, more core. Did you look at anything like Rust or um, I think Elixir or any any of these sort of things? Um, I see Rust get a ton of hype in uh, <laughs> on the uh, Hacker News and stuff. Ultimately, we're not responsible. We're not, not. We don't have the in-house capability to do any of these things. Yeah. From anything so um go seemed easiest in terms of one hiring to potentially having a little bit of leeway in terms of um modifying so i couldn't build you a go up from basic but i could probably hack a few changes if required go go for me like i tried i tried some of it like um, the back end in facility was first built and go and i tried it it's just like it's such a different mental model and there's so much like a repetitiveness so i kind of just said okay i'm rebuilding this one I would like to learn more because there's some potential backup stuff in the future that might be like really quite well suited for it. So, or any other language, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a PHP developer, and that whatever whatever you say, that does not compile down well to any <laughs> operating system. So, into like a executable binary. So anyway, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> what are you working on? Um, just following on from the uh, things I mentioned at the start podcast, this class system, trying to figure out. A, how can I get the copying around it? And there's um, a few more things that I need to work into the UI. So I've already built some stuff, which um, I've shared it with the other people I've had customer interviews with, and they're loving it. So yeah, just working on this and figuring it out. And all of this really is, uh, yeah, just figuring out the copy. That would then allow me to push the product forward. And then hopefully there's a few potential p- partnerships, which could yeah like increase my MMR massively if I get it right. Uh, so we'll see about this. <laughs> awesome. Because the other stuff I've been working on is trying to get my office sorted <laughs> for January. But it's ages, eh? It's, it's, it's like you booked it and I'm like, you still got so many months away. Yeah, but I wanna, I'm trying to get the internet sorted there because got really, it's got really crappy internet. So I'm trying to get a, a line installed. But trying to get a line installed before you own the property is hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm trying to, trying to work out. I don't, I don't want any of that downtime stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or working off my phone for a month or two months it took three months for my line to be installed into my house so i'm worried about that happening <laughs> i think you said like there was uh that's because they're dropping a new fiber optic in so yeah. um it's not like a telephone line which i think like, well, i had a telephone line installed at home once and that took that took like 10 days but to get a fiber optic installed they had to dig up the road everything <laughs> there's all around my estate which was built like maybe less than it's about 11 years old or something, my estate. All lovely pavements, never touched. I order a lease line. They had to dig up the pavement in like five different places. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if there's dodgy tarmac around, it's my fault. 
Well, I think uh, we're trying to keep it short now. I like the 30 minute podcast. And I saw a tweet apparently some guy's 30 minute podcast does much better than when he does longer ones. So <laughs> if you like them short, let us know. If you like them longer, well, I'd also be interested to hear. We have to do the extended cut. Yeah. <laughs> and pay four times as much for the editor. Cool. All right. Uh, where can show notes be found? Show notes can be found at shipsasfaster.com. See you next week. See you later. Bye.